interrupt your program to bring you this important podcast. How to 911. Can you can you put me out of service on a podcast, please? Welcome back, everybody. We're doing some real cool stuff. Recording again? Yeah. Yeah, we... I don't know if you've listened to other episodes. I hope so. But we record in bulk 99% of the time. And so it's been a while since we've recorded, but we still have a lot of bulk episodes still to put out. So when you are listening to this, it's probably six months from now. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to even tell you when this is recorded, <laughs> but just know that this is a long day of recording and fun events. Yeah, yeah. Um, today we're going to be talking about police and fire call questioning, because I feel like a lot of people, we've explained like why we ask general things like weapons and stuff like that, but I think we we'll, going to dive into it a little bit more to help people understand a little bit more. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That happens. Um, So there's no way for us to cover every possibility because I don't even, sometimes I answer the phone and I'm still like, what (laughs) What is this? What is this? And what are you saying to me? The what is on fire? Uh, Mm. What is that considered? Mm -hmm. Is a dumpster fire a structure fire? Right. Is it an unconfirmed grass fire like I don't know that's not it's it would never be an unconfirmed grass fire but (laughs) But it's going through our heads what is this what is this and how do I help so if you if we don't cover something just um email us at uh how to 911 at org. so here we go we're diving right in when we answer those 911 (laughs) phone calls and it's a structure fire what kind of things would we ask? Is there anyone in the house? Yeah. I think that's the first thing that I think of. Yeah. Yeah. Is anybody in the house? Uh-huh. If so, how many? Right. Like, do you know where they are in the house? Yep. Can you, can you get, like, if you're in the house, can you get out? Yes. That's a big one. Yeah. Because, I mean, not saying that the fire department isn't already coming as fast as they can. Right. At least that way they know, like, a better like a different plan of attack because Mm -hmm. if there's nobody in the house, they have different tactics Mm -hmm. on approaching fires. Um, Obviously, they're not going to go into the house unless there's people inside. I don't know. That's probably wrong. I don't know. Their tactics have definitely changed over the years, and it'd be interesting to sit down with someone, which I'm sure we have planned at some point, to talk with them about you know, what are they thinking when they go there and they, they know that someone's inside versus when someone's not inside because they they get on scene and they have their own um, uh, phrases that they use and what they mean and um, or what it means to everyone that's responding so they can hear it. So when they get on scene and it's, you know, flames are shooting out of the house, but, it's, but we know no one's inside. It's going to be a property, like offensive attack property risk only or i can't think of the phrases right now but they're going in thinking we're going we're trying to stop this from burning and from burning other houses versus i have to get inside and save someone's life right so we have to get inside and get the fire back enough to clear mm -hmm. a path to get to that person Mm -hmm. um they do a lot of um ventilation Mm -hmm. stuff that they have to do with structure fires Yes, and our like I said, it's changed over the years, and I really think in the past few years, again, it'd be great to have someone talk more about this. But um, I had gone to a training where, you know, you see on TV they they all rush in and they try and put out the fire. Now it's more if we know no one's inside, 
they're closing up the house and they use fog nails. Mm. So it's coming in from, the, if you know, if that's where the fire is. Yeah. If it's not in the kitchen or something or maybe the kitchen's upstairs. So they put in the fog nails and it's like a, a big um, shower head. You poke it through the top of the roof and it gives this fine mist of water Ooh. instead of like hoses necessarily. And then it, it like tamps down the fire so much quicker and easier than just throwing water on it. Yeah, and I feel like that's for, like, conserving a lot of water use then. Yeah. And saving, I don't know, the house next to it, if depending on where it is right. and whatnot, so. Yeah. Also, like, if there's people in the house, like I said, it's important to know where they are so that, like, firefighters, if they, if you can say, like, the bathroom's on the south side mm-hmm. of the house in this corner, they can go and see if there's a window and, like, try to get the person out that way. Right. If... They're unable to make the, it through the house. Mm-hmm. They have these really cool... I don't know if they do this, but I imagine that this is what I would do if I were a firefighter. This isn't a part of your training. I'm sorry. Disclosure. I'm making this up. <laughs> but they have really cool... Like, I mean, I've seen pictures of them doing trainings like this, but I just don't know the instances in which they would use it. Anyways, they have, like... Ha- like Basically, they have tools, like hatchets and like really heavy-duty tools to rip down walls. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that's probably a way that they can probably try to save somebody, too. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So when the question, or the questions that we ask, oh. if anyone's inside, <laughs> like, that's what that's what we're thinking about. So, like, this one thing, you know, that's how we're, we're already thinking. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do when they get on scene, even though we don't have any, any ways of, um... I just think that's so funny. We just go off on these tangents. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this one thing. But... Like I said, that's how our brain works. Like, if you have this one thing, and then here are these other million different ways that we could think about it. So, if there's no one inside, and and pets are included too, right? um, If we know that they do not have to go inside, then I can ask them other questions. So, if you call and say, "I my house is on fire," okay, great, not great. Okay. Okay. Thanks. (laughs) Yes, I have I have this information. Is anyone's inside? No. What's on fire. How did this start? If you tell me your oven's on fire because you burned your turkey on Thanksgiving, which may or may not be close to this date. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know that that might be different than it being in the attic versus being in the washer and dryer room or in the bathroom, or you set something on fire. And how the fire started is really important because if it's like a chemical fire Mm -hmm. the firefighters have to fight that differently so if for some reason you were thinking like hey i'm gonna do this really deep cleaning i'm just gonna mix all of my cleaning products together (laughs) and then somehow i have an open flame or i don't know chemicals probably catch on fire science is weird (laughs) um but yeah those things happen so like they have different ways to handle different situations Mm -hmm. so that's important. If your vehicle... Wait, no, that's a different part. Never mind. That's the next step. Oh, okay. I'm not going to... No, okay. Okay, if your vehicle is on fire, <laughs> um, they're going to handle that differently, too, because mm-hmm. it's like there's gasoline attached mm-hmm. to this vehicle that can explode at any moment. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they handle that kind of stuff, but like that's important to know, especially if it's like your vehicle in your garage, mm-hmm. in your home. Mm-hmm. That's like... <laughs> That's, we list that basically as a structure fire mm-hmm. because your house is probably more than likely going to catch on fire here soon or explode because your car is on fire and there's right. gasoline attached to it. Large amounts, unless you run your tank empty a lot. So yeah. maybe this is home. a PSA to just run your tank on empty. <laughs> no, don't. 
<laughs> don't do that. <laughs> don't break down the side of the road don't. and say those girls told they me to said, do that yeah. because my house will explode <laughs> otherwise. Definitely don't do that. No, don't. But you're right. It's is it a small vehicle? Is it a semi that's oh, yeah. you know just got done filling up, or it's a gas tanker that's coming to a fill up fill up at the um, gas station? Yeah. So yeah. Um, we get calls. I wouldn't say quite often, but pretty often about vehicles on fire, mm-hmm. and most of the time they're it's being confused because the vehicle's smoking. But mm-hmm. where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. So. If you see a vehicle smoking on the side of the road, call us. Yeah. Like, I'd rather send an engine and then be like, oh, it's just smoking because of whatever car problems causes that. Definitely. Then, like, all of a sudden, the car explodes on the Oops. side of the road. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like just, the movies, right? Right. Yeah. Just don't. Just give your, if you're not sure, give us a call. Yeah, that's good. Um, outside fires, they're, those are very, like, different categories. So there's, like... A grass fire, which would be kind of like, um, like you know, when you're you see on the side of the road, like farmers they burn their ditches sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, if that got out of control, I would list that as a grass fire. Mm-hmm. Um, then we also have the category of wildland fire, which is more in like rural areas, um, where it can kind of spread, but there's not like structures around mm-hmm. that it could be threatened right now. Yeah, is mm-hmm. that a good yeah. explanation? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and then there's what else is there? That's it. Okay, so grass fire, wildland fire. So yeah, kind of like the same thing, but different. And that's again, we ask the questions of exactly where this is, and yeah. then um, and then they know going into it. So if I tell you that it's at Weld County Road and Weld County Road, we know where. A grass fire versus up the canyon. We know we're hiking right. or whatever up yeah. to it. And then mm-hmm. also, like, if it is, like, a grass fire, I think if you say there's a fire outside, um, we're probably going to ask pretty quickly, is it near a structure or is it near people or, like, what is it near um, to just kind of gauge the level of, like, a, I wouldn't say urgency, but just let the, off the responders, the firefighters know that. You know, it's not there yet, but mm-hmm. it could. It's threatening a yeah. structure or it's threatening a, a barn or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, also, oh, where was I going with this? Smoke investigations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I have this listed on here, but they're also quite popular, especially when we had the fires going on mm. around here. People would always say, they would always, I wouldn't say always, quite often we get a lot of phone calls of people asking about the smoke coming from this direction and where they were suggesting the smoke was coming from, we would be like, oh, it's from the Cameron Peak fire. But um, if they were certain that it was closer than the Cameron Peak fire, then we would send units to check on it just in case. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't the Cameron Peak fire, but it's always, again, better to err on the side of caution if you feel like it's a new plume of smoke that's not from something you know before. And the best, like, if you know your directions, Mm -hmm. if you know, like, your areas like I don't know how people live out in the county and they're like oh I think that looks like it's near Jebediah's farm about um 20 miles east of there I don't know <laughs> but like there's people that give descriptions like that yeah and like how can you just like judge your distance from like looking out in the distance I don't get it it uh, that blows my mind but I mean the better 
description you have for where the firefighters are going. I'm sure if there's a plume of smoke, the firefighters will also see it. Mm-hmm. But there are times where they're like, um, we're not seeing anything. Mm-hmm. Do they have a better location or what is their address? So we have a point of reference. Yeah. So yeah. Smoke investigations. It happens. Yeah. yeah. It happens. I'm going to go really quick back to Do it. just a um, outside fire. Like we'll also ask like if the person can see it. Like they can actually see what's on fire, how big it is, because yeah. that'll that kind of helps them, you know, yeah. sort of coming into it. Yeah, that I mean, kind of similarly, people will call in about um, neighbors having bonfires, mm-hmm. especially with the fire ban that mm-hmm. was going on. Um, that's fine, because I mean, obviously, fires start fires, but if you just see a lot of smoke coming from your neighbor's house, but you don't see flames. We'll probably put it as, like, an unconfirmed structure fire. Mm -hmm. It's not going to have as large of a response as a structure fire. So when the first unit gets on scene, they'll advise, yeah, it's a real structure fire. Or no, it's just a smoker in the backyard that's Mm -hmm. kicking up um, a lot of smoke. So, I mean, during fire season, I think a lot of people get, um, I wouldn't say paranoid, but very, like... Cautious. Very cautious. That's a much better word. Very cautious. And I don't blame them because, well, we just had the largest fire in history. Right. I mean, not history, but, like, Colorado history, I yeah. think. So, in all of history, it was the largest fire. In all of everything. The dinosaurs would probably like to differ, but here we are. So, the next thing that we to get calls on, believe it or not, we get calls of people on fire. Those are very rare. Mm-hmm. And now that I said that, we're probably going to get a call. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but, like, that's, that's one of those things where it's just, like, what's on fire... This person's on fire. Okay, we're dropping a call, and we're giving you instructions on what they should be doing to put out the fire, Mm -hmm. such as, I don't know if you guys remember, but there's this cool thing called stop, drop, and roll. Uh, I realize in a moment of, like, I don't know, when you're on fire, you're probably, like, just freaking out Mm because you're on fire. (laughs) So having somebody, like, tell you to do those things that we were taught at such a young age, like, it really can help at least contain the fire until somebody with more expertise can get there and put it out but i mean other than that i can't think of anything else that we would do for a person on fire i mean obviously address and where are they what caused the fire is anything else on fire yeah put it out and hope we check it out yeah status check them yeah ambulance and also i want to just say that an ambulance goes to a majority of these calls yes especially like a structure fire because um, not only if there's people in the structure or if there's a home, but like for firefighters own safety, because unfortunately firefighters do get injured on the line of duty and it's just nice to have an ambulance there standing by just mm-hmm. in case because fires and like buildings collapsing and like the things that they could get into. Not to say it's not more urgent than like a police officer getting in a shooting, but it's just like we can't have an ambulance for every single police call. Right. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so yeah. we have a, usually have an ambulance for like major incidents, like structure fires and for a person on fire, obviously an ambulance is going to that. Definitely going. Definitely going. <laughs> um, can you think of anything else for that? No. So next on the list is aircraft crash. I haven't had one of these. Um, I know questions vary. I guess it depends on if it's like an in air emergency mm-hmm. or, well i mean what i said aircraft crash like obviously it's crashed but more than just crash like aircraft fire emergencies in general mm-hmm. is it still in the air or is it touched down and when it touched down like did it crash crash or did it like kind of land but still right. not doing too well 
Um, Did it crash, like, because the landing landing gear gear wasn't all the way down and it kind of, like, had a bumpy, like, landing? Or did it, and they still need someone, you know, to come and look at everyone? Or did it crash, things are crunched, people are hurt? Yeah. Things are on fire. Yeah. Bad, bad situations. So our fire department has a fire station mm-hmm. at the, I was going to say fire unit, <laughs> fire squad, Both. <laughs> um, fire station at the airport here. Our airport isn't like a commercial airport like Denver has, but mm-hmm. it, there are planes that take off every once in a while and there are times that like large commercial airlines do have to like emergency land here mm-hmm. for like whatever reason, um, which always I haven't had anything like that happen, but I've heard that, like, when larger planes do land and take off here, that people are calling in thinking that the plane's crashing. It's unusual. We've had Southwest. Really? Yeah, Southwest. When um, uh, um, I'm pointing, and that's not helping anyone. When Denver has to divert planes Uh, sometimes i don't know when they have to have to land like if they're out of fuel or whatever but they um there's just enough landing yeah for thank you i was like the landing um it's like tire banks it's a runway (laughs) yeah exactly it's the (laughs) runway um for them to be able to stop and then take off and yes it's very unsettling because if you're you know at other airports they have nice long extra runway for them mm-hmm. to use but here it's just enough for the that size of aircraft to be able to land so um bad weather in denver uh just something going on there they rarely but it does happen southwest i frontier might have been able to land here and then allegiant had been flying out of here for a while so uh-huh. a small plane but still big and then of course i mean it's Private jets and oh, yeah. all kinds of the fancy people things. People that are like training to be like mm-hmm. flying something. I don't know. Yep, the people that are. Yep. I don't. It's flying freaks me out. It's fine. Anyways, so <laughs> if it's not people calling in on nine one one about an airplane incident or aircraft incident, I'm sorry. Um, it's the aircraft control that we have here. Mm-hmm. They have a phone line that's directly to us, and they will tell us like, I don't. We have like codes and stuff. I don't. But the great thing about it is that policy pops up anytime we enter a call that has anything yes. to do with the airport that'll explain the codes to me. So yeah, they, they tell us this code or whatever it is, and um, we'll get help that way. And basically, they'll have like the best information because they're directly speaking to the captain that's flying the plane, and they'll be able to see what's going on if it did indeed crash or if mm-hmm. it was just a landing gear malfunction or whatever is going on. And then we'll tone out, obviously, the station that's at the fire the fire department yep the station that's at the fire department the station that's at the airport and then also depending on what kind of incident we're probably going to get a million other engines and what's really cool is that we just got a new cat so i believe since it's so far north we might start pulling fort collins engines to like that kind of incident Mm -hmm. in winter in winter yep so that's if it happens at the airport which is great but we've had a plane crash oh yeah over i forgot that planes don't always crash at the airport (laughs) Or they hardly ever crash in their airport. Right, well, yeah, no, that's not... But hopefully they hardly ever crash. Period. Yeah. yeah. But we've had... I can't remember what, like, maybe it was Lon Hagler, and um, I think it might have... I can't remember where it crashed, like, if it was into the water or not. But uh-huh. so if we are talking to citizens, 
you know, we're trying to get the best location, like usual, of where they're seeing it, um, where they think it might have landed. And then if we happen to be able to talk to someone that is on the plane, we're asking them, you know, where are you, of course, as well? How many souls are on board? How much fuel do you have on? What is it that is an emergency for you? Mm -hmm. And then, heaven forbid, if they do crash, Mm -hmm. of course, we can't get that information, but... Um, so we're just getting the, where is it? Do you know if anyone's hurt? Yeah. Unfortunately for those kinds of things, especially an aircraft thing, we can't really give instructions on like what to do. Right. Like at that point, it's just kind of like, we have to wait for the fire department to get there and they know what to do. Right. Thanks guys and uh, ladies. Thanks guys. Um, thanks people. Yeah. Thanks peeps. So next is like alarms. So those would be more along the lines of like, fire alarms that we get from like commercial places and there's also like residential areas that have fire alarms so that will come up as like a smoke alarm or um sometimes it just comes in as a general fire alarm that doesn't really give us much information um other types there's like co alarms that come mm-hmm. into us so whatever you can think of that's fire related if you yeah. have an alarm system that's cool yeah it the alarm company will call us and we'll ask the alarm company obviously the address um what zone has been activated so it's kind of similar to the structure fire like where's the fire at um sometimes they'll say zone one but no given location so that's kind of a big bummer so if you have an alarm (laughs) will you tell your alarm company what zone one is thank you so much um and then they'll tell us the type of fire alarm if they have that and then we'll ask if they have notified any key holders because sometimes it's just burnt food and so like if they've called beforehand um and they were explained that they gave false code or something like that, mm-hmm. they'll still ask for us to respond or if they need help resetting the alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens a lot. But if they weren't able to get a hold of any key holders, we'll get a premise number and a phone number for a key holder just in case it is a real fire and we need to get a hold of somebody. Um, then what else would we ask? I think that's it for that's alarms. It. Yeah. Because they really don't have a whole lot yeah. more information. Mm-hmm. Um, so next big thing that we cover is um, rope rescues, which basically means if it's like an inaccessible incident that they need more equipment it's kind of like rough roading rough riding what is it what am i looking for i don't know i like rough roading (laughs) they're rough roading it um dang it there's a term for it off-roading yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're like off-roading like if you or somebody you know like fell down the side of a cliff hiking or if you're just walking and you hear Somebody yelling for help. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm thinking of, we have this mostly when at Devil's Backbone. Mm-hmm. So people are up hiking and they, so we two situations that we can use at Rope Rescue. Um, they've hurt themselves, they're on the trail, and they the responding units have to take up an ATV or a UTV. Yeah. Um, and then get up there. So it's really the rope rescue force is the the response. But there's also, like, if you fall off the side of something and we have to go down into a, a ravine and they need to use the rope. So it's this really super technical rescue to get down yeah. there. So the thing that we always ask, where are you? If you're up at Devil's Backbone and you you've been hiking for an hour... You're not in the parking lot. Yeah. You're, so we need you to tell us where on the trail do you think you are? And shocking, sometimes people don't know. Yeah. Because honestly. they're from out of town, or you just don't know that each little bit has a trail name. 
So you have to tell us I'm about 45 minutes up. I've been hiking for 45 yep. minutes. Yeah, I and know. I fell off the side and yeah. I need help. So it's going to take them that amount of time to get to you. Um, yeah. And most of the time, depending on this, I mean, I would say depending on, I would probably keep that person on the line. Yes, 100%. Just because you're somewhere where we cannot verify your location. Yes. Like we can get depending on where you are with cell service and stuff like that, we'll probably get a phase two and a better location. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, it's technology. I don't know if I trust it out in the right. middle of nowhere. In the mountains. Um, in the mountains. No, it's all good. <laughs> I don't know if I trust it in the mountains. So we will keep you on the line for those 45 minutes just to make sure that they get right to you. Because if they're like, okay, we think we're in the area, like, can they start shouting? Like, can you start mm-hmm. shouting for the fire department? The fire department's shouting for you. Um kind of just like use those things to try to help us make sure that you get the help that you need mm-hmm. real quick. There's an episode of emergency call where there's this guy who's like lost in the Alaskan wilderness and he's like, I'm by this river. He's like trying to tell them where they are. And I mean, I don't know how Alaska dispatchers do this. Again, we're back to Alaska. Tell us how you do your job. I guess that's why we have you on a TV show. Anyways, um, and the guy, he it was cold, I think, and he really couldn't yell. He was weak. He was probably injured. I didn't really pay attention. I don't really like watching that, but um, they showed on the map that the responders were going the wrong direction. Mm. They were, like, showing where the dude was, mm-hmm. and then they were showing that the responders were like, okay, we're crossing the river where he says he's at, and then we're going this way. And then the guy was just like, no, they're going the wrong way. But... He only had 1% battery on his phone. Yeah, so the dispatcher was just like, I, I'm not going to keep you on the line. So when they start to get close, like, I'm going to call you or something like that to see, like, if we can better help where they are. And he was able to get them on the line long enough to know that they were going the wrong way to oh, tell geez. them to turn around. Um but I think also at that point that they had lost connection with their responders. Oh, man. Because of the radio. Something weird. I'm oh. probably messing up this whole episode. I'm just <laughs> making everything up. But it was just this crazy thing where it's like, if we're able to keep you on the line, if your phone dies, like, just know that we're sitting there staring at our screens like, no. No. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. charge your phone. Yes, if you're going to go. A, keep a little charger. Yeah. Make a- pay attention to trail markers. Pay attention to trail names. Pay attention to, like, yeah, a lot of things. What's surrounding you? Whatever. Don't say I'm next to the big rock. Please don't. Please don't. Or the tree. Or that big tree. Um, There's lots of trees and lots of rocks. Here we go. (laughs) So next would be water rescue. That can be domestic water or non-domestic water. Basically, domestic means pools and hot tubs and things that are domesticated. Um, Like animals. (laughs) (laughs) Non-domestic are things like lakes and ponds and oceans and rivers so and then also swift water oh which is rivers yeah yeah dang it but no i'm just like layers so many layers of waters yes um so those water rescues again it's just a specialized team that's responding out they have boats they have gear to get into the water they have all kinds of stuff this happens with vehicle and water um obviously if someone's having an emergency in the middle of a lake with their boat, their boat's sinking, that's going to call for a water rescue. Someone's drowning in a pool, that's going to call for a water rescue. Um, So any call that you can think of, um, that's what it's going to call. And then we're going to ask you, obviously, the type of water, because we just listed... We're not going to send our units with a boat to a pool 
water rescue because they don't need a boat in a pool, but we'll send them to the lake one. Yes. So it depends on those kinds of things. Yes. Yeah. I had one recently that um, they were on Boyd Lake, and my face, too, was, like, right on. Yeah? It was really impressive. That's they're nice. Like, they're like, oh, they need to go to this little inlet. And I was like, that's I that is where you are on my map. It was very impressive. Hmm. Yeah. So even if you're not – if you get injured in the water, mm-hmm. if you're water skiing, whatever, and if you pass out on the boat because you're – like heat stroke or whatever, I'm going to send it as a water rescue because they need – the boat to get to you. Yeah. I, and if you can't drive the boat back or you're the only person there and you're not feeling good and you need help, the they're going to come as a water rescue because they need all that specialized equipment just to get to you. Right. And to get you back. Right. And then, like, if they need to dive and find something, mm-hmm. God forbid, mm-hmm. they have the, the dive team that's also attached to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as far as questions... Can we just keep giving some like, And then if you did this thing, but, I mean, we are finding out these scenarios via questions that we're not verbalizing, but... Um, oh, shoot. Where was I going with that? I don't know. Do you want me to just start talking about scenarios again? Maybe well, I think, I think I was going to talk about another... Oh, maybe I was just going to mention that we're not going to hang up with a person who's in a non-domestic body of water so like the boyd lake one i didn't hang up until they could like you're making eye contact with someone right because especially during the summer boyd lake is packed right with people and it's packed with boats so when we get responders to that main parking lot or wherever they pull into i assume the main parking lot mm-hmm. i don't know i've yeah. never been to boyd lake i just look at it on a map <laughs> anyways um like you say it's the blue boat i'm in the blue boat like okay cool there's probably four other blue boats yeah. So just making sure that they get in contact with the right person mm-hmm. is really important to us. Yeah. Um, next is for um, child locked in vehicle. This is kind of interesting because people will call us because they locked their keys in their car. And we'll ask, is there a kid inside? And they're like, no. We're like, well... We're not sending somebody out. Sorry. That's because our police officers don't carry the right tools. And the tools that they do have will, like, damage your car. Yeah. And it's a liability. Right. It's not 1975 anymore. We could go with a coat hanger. Right. And pop the lock. Right. And some officers don't even carry that equipment. Mm -hmm. So that's why it is covered under the fire part. Because the firefighters... Not sure what equipment they have. It might just be an axe to the window, but um, they will respond with officers to child locked in vehicle. Um, just because that's a serious situation, especially during the summertime. Like, you know, we all know about heat and mm-hmm. how it doesn't go very yeah. well in cars. But we'll ask, um, like, how old is the child? Where are you? If you're in a parking lot, like, we need a good description. We need a vehicle description. Like, are you able to like flag down the responders? Um, but just want to disclaim, like, just know that, like, if there's not a life or death emergency going on with your keys locked in your car, we're not going to send anybody. You're going to have to figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But, I mean, that's what we're here for. We're here for emergency helping. Okay, so the next thing that we are going to talk about is um, motor vehicle accidents. 
Fire will respond to this for different circumstances. Obviously, for car accidents, they're going to respond because there might be extrication. If there is extrication, we'll ask questions like, how many people are stuck? Um, what kind of vehicle is it? Um, just so they can kind of prepare to know what kind of equipment they need to bring in, if they need to bring in the jaws of life, if that's even what it's called, mm -hmm. um, whatever things they need. Sometimes they just need to break a window. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But um, so that matters. And then fuel spills. If there is a car accident, usually they are looking for hazards like fuels. Um, but we need to know, like, if it's a tanker truck, like, what chemical are they carrying? Can you see a hazard placard? Um, can you see, like, how many gallons are spilling? Or I mean, it's kind of hard to tell gallons because I feel like every time I spill a glass of water, that water that I spilled is three times more than what was in my cup. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, if it, like, is it a large amount? Is it pouring out? Is it dripping out? Like, those kinds right. of things are kind of important to, to know. Um, what other instances can you think of? Mm. That are just fire-related. Just fire-related for MVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, nope, that sounds like all, because when, if there's debris in the roadway, yes, the fire department or the police officer could sweep it up with, you know, whatever. Um, but the tow companies are also responsible for that when they get on scene. So mm -hmm. if a vehicle is going to get towed, that would be handled by them. Um, the fire department carries around Absorbol um, to clean up those fuel spills. And then thinking about, um, like, extrication and asking them, like, oh, her car door is stuck. I will ask, do you think she needs to be cut out of the car? Like, what does that car accident look like? Or is it just, like, crunched a little bit where they got to just pop it? Mm -hmm. So so we know if we do have to upgrade it to an extrication. And it doesn't have to be necessarily that the person is super injured, just that they, out of abundance of caution for the patient, want to maybe not move them and have them crawl over the center console to get out the other side. Yeah. So how are they going to get them out and um, us erring on the side of more rather than less in those instances? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can put this in here so you can tell me now. <laughs> but the other day, it's probably like a few months ago now, but we had an instance where I believe it was State Patrol or CDOT was asking us for an extrication um, response. It was out in the canyon. And... When crews got on scene, they were like, um, not an extrication, the door was just locked. <laughs> so it's like in those moments of panic, it's just like walking through, it's just like, is your car unlocked? Is that why you can't get out? Yes. So, Have you tried the door now? Yeah. So That's one right. of the, <laughs> those kind yes. of things. I mean, in a moment of panic, yeah. that my... Who knows what's going to happen? You don't know until you're in it. So at that moment of time, even responders were like, we can't get her out. <laughs> That's, um, like I've said before, we sometimes we are our callers common sense when in a time of panic, mm -hmm. you you lose those sensibilities. So yeah, did you try turning it the other way? Yeah, it doesn't work going that way. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. Next is something that I I really hope that all of these things we're talking about I'm not manifesting it into the world because <laughs> the next one is explosions. I. Don't want anyone to get hurt, but this sounds, all of these things sound like a lot of fun, but I'm also off yeah. for a little while, so. So you can explode the yes. city of Loveland all you want. Explosions, plane crashes, that no one's in it and gets hurt. Barn People fires. on fire. Yeah. 
mannequins. People we thought were people, but they're actually mannequins. These are mannequins on fire, and you're doing pop rockets in the street. <laughs> Those are the explosions. Yay! Yeah. That's great. Um, gosh, explosions. Did you just hear it? Can you see it? Can you see flames? Can you see smoke? Like, what, what do you think exploded? Because, I mean... I'm not an explosion expert, but I wish we had um, Officer or Sergeant Ertman in here because he probably would be able to tell us that different things exploding might make different sounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you can tell when it's, like, something metal is exploding, right. I would imagine, versus something underground sure. where it's more – what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, Condensed yeah. sound. Yeah. Because it's covered up and yeah, like, submerged. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I would imagine. I would imagine they you could at least get an idea of like that sounded like um, a building or that sounded like a dirt field. Right. Yeah. Do you think yeah, maybe I'm think making so. false assumptions? No. Yeah. But I'm also thinking about when people say this is like someone's shooting off a gun mm-hmm. and it's July third, and you're like, okay, are we sure it's not fireworks? And they're like, no, I know for sure it's not. So, I'm going to go with that because you're telling – I'm not going to – I'm not there. I'm not right. going to tell you that you're wrong. Right. Um. More often than not, it's going to be fireworks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if, like, an officer is in the area because they know it's a heavy firework area. Right. Um, I mean, we have those areas each year. We know, like, around 8 p.m., this – we're going to start getting calls in this neighborhood because this one house or two houses mm-hmm. or whatever starts lighting off fireworks. And um, the officers will just hang out there and we'll get reports of gunshots. And they're like, nope, there weren't any gunshots. I just watched two yeah. fireworks go up into the air. So it's those kinds of things where, like, maybe it's just, like, the way that it echoed into their house. Mm-hmm. They didn't, like, it doesn't sound right. Maybe it sounds like a gun. Yeah. I mean, there are times where fireworks, like... If you don't hear that sizzle at the end, you're like, was it a gunshot? Yes. And again, we'd rather you err on the side of caution yes. and call us than just say, hmm, it was totally fireworks and then there was a shooting and someone was dead. Right. So. Going back to actually asking the questions for explosions. And so I remember, I think I was in training and there was an explosion and it was, um, I don't remember what it was that had exploded, but fire department was out there for so long. We have, like we talked about in the EMD episode, whatever that came out. Um, it's going to come out after this. Great. When we talk about the EMD um, uh, protocol, there's an explosion card. So we can ask questions about who's injured. So, of course, too, depending on if the person's there versus I thought I heard this. If they're there and they're working at, like, um, a uh, gas station, they're like, our, our, uh, Oof. Yeah, our pumps just exploded. Was anyone injured? Just like with the structure fires, is anyone inside who was hurt? So we know we have that expectation going into it that we need to rescue yeah. someone or save someone. Right. And also, if you just heard it, but we're trying to get more information, we're probably going to ask you these questions. Like, can you see anybody? Like, does mm-hmm. it. When we're asking you those things, like, we're not there. So we're just asking, like, just in case there's by some chance you saw people running right. away or you saw something or you heard somebody running away say something about it. Like, we mm-hmm. don't know exactly. So we're just trying to best get that information to our responders. And also by us asking that, we're not telling you to get closer to the explosion and give us this information. No, I want you to say where you are if you feel that you're safe where you are and just tell us as best as you can 
if you have any answers to the questions we're asking. Mm -hmm. Please do not put yourself in harm's way if there's an explosion or a house fire or any of these things that we're talking about. Do not enter this unsafe zone. (laughs) Please. We... One of our rules of dispatching is, like, we don't want to... I don't remember the rule verbatim, but basically it's, like, we don't want to create more victims. Right. Like, that's the last thing that we're trying to do is create more... Like, unfortunately, if you're calling us for an explosion, there's, like, good chance that someone's hurt or property is hurt, so we don't want to cause more damage mm-hmm. by getting you hurt. And there's also one in EMD that's that which is not looked for is seldom found. Yeah. So if I'm not asking you these questions about... You think it's silly, and you, or I didn't ask you. Like, well, she never asked me if I know who set off, who made the explosion, or who set off. Right, and it was my cousin Tim. Yeah, and I did it with him. Like, (laughs) that would have been silly for me to not ask. So we asked just in case. Yeah, and like sometimes, I don't know if we're just going through questions and we forget something, and you're just kind of like, or not forget something, but if we don't have any questions to ask, we're just like, okay, thanks, bye. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, that's a bad dispatcher, and I'm sorry if that happens. But you, I mean, me as a caller, if that happened to me, I'd be like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I thought I had more to tell you, but I guess not. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, if there's something, like, don't tell us a whole story, but if you're like, also, I saw this guy that had, like, burned hands running this direction, like, Tell us things that we can't see that we might not think of about asking yeah. of. So, yeah. if you think something's suspicious, we're here for that. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, next is um, gas lines. Uh, they get cut sometimes, especially with, like, construction work or, like, building of new houses or just anything really. Just make sure that if you're going to be digging in your home to call the gas company because there are lines under your house buried somewhere that you could cut. Like, if you're digging for a pool, call the gas company and make sure you can dig for a pool where you want your pool. And if you call 811, yes. all the all the companies will be notified. Excel, et cetera, et cetera, utilities in your area. I like that. 811. 811. Yes. Um, so those kinds of questions most likely will be... We're just not going to say where is it because that's just hopefully understood right. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, how big is the line? Like, is it two inches? Is it three inches? Is it four inches? Did you barely cut it? Did you cut all the way through it? Mm-hmm. Um, is it hissing out? Is it, like, just pouring out? Like, do you hear anything? Because, um, like, sometimes you can cut into the line, but maybe the line's a little thick that you didn't get mm-hmm. all the way through. But if you barely got through, it's going to start hissing. You know, those noises that it makes. Um, what kind of gas is it? Is it natural gas? What other would that be the only yes? Yeah, I think so. I'll edit that out. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? I think that's it. Yep, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and then like, is anybody like around it? Like, is there anything that could make this turn into a fire? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So let's make sure everyone gets away from the area so that at least the fire department can get there and at least clamp it off mm-hmm. until the gas company can get there to turn the gas off and fix it. Mm -hmm. So if you can, call us first because we're going to get there faster than the gas company, but also call them. Yeah. Because sometimes we won't call the gas company until the fire department asks us because sometimes they can fix it on their own. Sometimes they can't. Sometimes it doesn't require the gas company to come out. Sometimes it's not what the caller thought it was. You know, so like... 
depending on the situation, I won't call the gas company until the fire department asks me. If it's somebody that's like a construction worker and they're like, yeah, I definitely cut a gas line, I'm going to call the gas company. Oh, sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to... Oh, like, a good example of this, which we're going to get into the next one, is um, when people say that their CO alarm's going off. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not going to call the gas company right away. I'm going to have them get out of the house, close everything, and then the fire department will go and get their readings and then say, yeah, we do need the gas company to come out or whatever. Yeah. So that's probably better. If you cut a gas line, I'm probably going to call the gas company for you. That was a really poor excuse. I could see Erica staring at me like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) I'm so bummed I don't have a good poker face. But yeah, I was like, I do. I can always call. So yes, the CO alarm versus... A cut, gas, a cut gas line, I will always call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right away, but yes. Sorry, I was thinking of other instances no. where we call Excel, and I'm like, I'm going to wait to call them when they ask, and that would be right. the instance of, like, it's an alarm. You don't know if it's a defective alarm. You don't know if it just needs a battery right. changed. If someone tells me their CO alarm's going off, I don't care if you think it's your battery that needs to be changed. I'm going to take that seriously and right. think that there might be CO in the home. Yes. Because um. Um, uh, sometimes... They'll say, like, contact a... Technician? Yeah, but not, like, a... Not a plumber. <laughs> like, with the with the water heaters, sometimes they'll malfunction, and, like, that's the source of it. And oh. Like, homeowner's going to take care of it. There are no readings inside, but they're going to contact, like, a handyman. To I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, the odor investigation. So, we're going to... Kind of talked about it already. Basically, it's, like, outdoor or indoor. Um... Depends. We need to specify between the two. If it's outdoor odor, where is it coming from? Can you kind of pinpoint, like, what kind of odor it is? Mm -hmm. Does it smell like natural gas? Does it smell like sulfur? Like, what are you smelling? Mm -hmm. Because those kind of smells, I guess, help the fire department understand what it is they're looking for. And if it's something that they are able to find and um, stabilize, Mm -hmm. if it is a danger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fun fact, did you know that natural gas doesn't... Have an odor naturally. This way smells like rotten eggs. No, 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 no. Like, does it smell like rotten eggs? I thought that was just like the back of a sewage. I think they put. Isn't that what they do with natural gas? They give it a. Yeah, they put a smell in it because people would die because they couldn't smell it. Natural gas is an efficient, safe, colorless, and odorless gas. For easy detection, we add a harmless chemical called mercaptan to give. Gas, a distinctive odor. Most people describe the smells rotten eggs or hydrogen sulfate-like hmm. odor. It, it smells bad for a good reason in case of a gas leak. There we go. If it's indoor, like, I guess kind of the same thing. Like, what does it smell like? Where mm-hmm. Can you tell where it's coming from? Like, those kinds of things. And yeah. those are the instances in which if it's your alarm going off, that's not an odor. Your, your alarm doesn't smell odors. <laughs> Wait, yeah, it does. That's how it goes off. He's detecting something. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. My brain just caught up to what an alarm does. (laughs) It always makes sense now. That's what an alarm does. So, when your alarm smells this odor... um, You just bought an expensive nose. Yeah, you just bought an expensive nose. But the... Again, like, that's something that, like, could be a faulty detector. We also, for odor investigations, if it is CO-related, which is probably a good chance, um, we'll ask if anybody feels sick if it's inside a residence. Um, Probably if it's outside, if you've been in close contact, too. Um, Just because CO does 
make you sick and it can cause fatality, Mm -hmm. um, which is obviously what we don't want. So we will ask you if you feel sick, how many people are also in the house and if they feel sick. um, And also before the uh, fire department response, we want you to get out of the house and we'll ask for you to close the doors and windows so they can get a good reading of what exactly is going on in the house. And I know it's going to suck. Like sometimes if it's hot in the summer or if it's a cold winter, we want you to get out of the house Mm -hmm. because it's CO. (laughs) We don't want you. We don't to. want you to get sick. Yeah. I mean, it's only a couple of minutes until the fire department gets there, but that's a couple of minutes where something could happen. You never know. I don't know how fast the effects of CO is. I don't know either. I don't know. Well, if you know, tell us. I guess. Is that it for fire? Can you think of anything else that's kind of major that we would ask <coughs> questions about? I think that's it. Those are the big ones. Yeah, those are the big ones. Again, if you think of anything that um, you're just wondering about how we would handle or, like, what kind of questions would be asked if you wanted to prepare yourself for an emergency, which is what you should do, um, send us an email. We'll be more than happy to answer those questions. Hey, guys, it's Sammy. Erica and I originally did this episode wanting to do police and fire questioning in one. But as I was going through and editing it, I didn't realize, I guess we, neither of us realized how long the episode actually ended up being. So just for time purposes, because I don't want you guys to have to feel like you have to listen through an hour worth of things. I just wanted to split it up. So this is actually going to be just fire questioning for this episode and then look forward to having the police questioning coming out in an episode soon. Um, And then we'll have our medical questioning soon after that. Just wanted to throw it in here real quick. Um, Also, Erica's not with me because I'm editing this at home. So I'm just going to do a quick outro for you guys. You know, you know the dealio. If you have any questions, you can email us at the email we've said a million times in this episode. It is howto911 at cityofloveland.org. And then you can follow us on Instagram at howto911podcast. We are also on YouTube at howto911podcast. We have Facebook at Loveland Emergency Communications Center. I hope you guys all had a happy holiday um, and continue to have happy holidays through this season and be safe. Until then, know where you are. Know your phone number and tell us exactly what happened.